Hey, it's Vanessa, and this is my podcast, A Journey with Vanessa Chu. In my last episode, I talked about the struggles I'm having on my entrepreneurial journey with letting go of control and the uncertainties of the future. And next week, I'll outline the steps I take to help me when I'm too hard on myself in challenging situations, important steps that I take to quiet my inner critic. But this week is a special episode because I wanted to share with you the conversation I had with actor Lucas Ng and comedian Josh Yang as I was a guest on their podcast, Have We Made It Yet? This was a video interview as well, so you can check out the link to that in the show notes. On their podcast, they chat with other actors, performers, and artists about their journey and creative process. I've talked about my path in radio in a few of my other episodes before, but we dig a little bit deeper into my career and experiences in the industry, like moving away from home, my first radio job in Prince George, BC, and staying motivated and inspired while pursuing a career in radio. I've never talked about my radio journey at such length before, and this episode is a little bit longer than usual, but this interview was so much fun, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Please give it up for Vanessa Chu. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? Good. I'm doing well. It's nice to see you both. As we start off with every, uh, every show, though, Vanessa, have you made it yet? I have made it through half of 2021. <laughs> That's something, right? Count it. Legit, Count though. it. <laughs> We've all made it through half of 2021. I can't believe it's it's June. It's yeah. crazy. I know. Like it, it, It's legit. Just over half of June is over already. It's crazy how fast this year is going. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but also um, 2021 went by insanely quick and slow at the same time. I know, right? I know. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So, so okay. You've, you've made it. Okay, cool. Dope. Uh, <laughs> No, no. In that sense of the phrase, in that sense, in in that sense, the phrase. But hey, I I feel like we we need to we need to ask that. We're gonna reiterate that question, Vanessa. We're we're gonna we're gonna hold you to an answer because this is this is hard hitting (laughs) podcast. You know, we have a we have a reputation, or if not, (laughs) we have a very limited, I you know, theory to our podcast that can't really that doesn't talk about anything else. So, (laughs) okay, ask me that question again later. Okay, so we're just going to start from the very, very beginning of, uh, of basically your professional life there. As I've seen on LinkedIn and your, and your personal histories and all that stuff, I saw that you started as a TA at the most dreaded high school in BC, Pacific Academy. You. Oh, my gosh. By wow, the way, a diss right there off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, they're my ahead. rivals. They're my rivals, so I give them no love. Anyways. What, what school did you go to? Uh, well, back then, did you it was go to called... John Knox? I did. Oh, yeah, I did. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, then I went to high school. I went to Fraser Valley Christian, which yes. is uh, now oh, Surrey yes. Christian. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah, so you are rivals. Oh, okay. totally. Yeah. I know. Disgusting. Ew, ew. <laughs> uh, so I saw that you were starting as a TA at Pacific Academy. Yeah. Uh, do you have any early memories while TAing that you had wanted to pursue the entertainment field? So... It's funny that you would bring that up. I had no idea you were going to ask me that question or bring PA up into the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I got that job, I was actually already thinking about going into radio. I was like, this is only temporary. Yeah, this is my, 
I'll make money for the the school year. And then I'm like all in to radio because I had already taken one night school course that was an introduction to radio. And I was like, oh my God, I love it. I, I, I got to do this full time into the program and try to get in. And so that was my goal while I was working as a TA at Pacific Academy. And uh, they knew it as well. Oh. And they actually joked if I could give them my education degree, because I'd, I'd gone through the entire education program at <laughs> SFU. And I, I guess I wasn't using it, I guess, right, in, <laughs> in, as to be a teacher. So they were all the TAs and the teachers were like, oh, will you will you give your education degree to us if you're not going to use it and if you're going to pursue other things? And I just laughed it off. But yeah, I, I knew um, before I got the job that I was I was wanting to get into radio. <laughs> nice. Was there like a final experience that you had at TA that like solidified that position? Like, oh, TAing, ugh, don't want to do it anymore. Um, it was it was a combination of that and also just my experience in the education program mm. itself. Um, I just didn't feel that passionate about teaching. I didn't, I just didn't feel like it was a great fit for me. <laughs> um, and I, I, and you know, because we grew up in church together and Josh, I'll, I'll tell you that I, I've always worked with kids. Like I've always volunteered with kids. That was just a thing in the church we grew up in. Right. Like, <laughs> there's just so many kids camps and kids groups and, and Bible study groups. And I was always um, giving my time and, and serving kids in that capacity, which I loved. I still love working with kids now, but back then I just knew in the program and then being a TA at, at uh, Pacific Academy that I was like, I don't really love this and I don't want to do it <laughs> long-term or for the rest of my life. I just didn't see myself in that position mm -hmm. so I was like I'm, I, I like I want to find something that I really love doing and this isn't it oh, okay and that's awesome though like you still even though you were on your professional trajectory in in teaching that you still were taking night classes to pursue your passions though yeah right. yeah and I I mm -hmm. feel like if I hadn't taken that that one night school course I I I just wouldn't have known what the radio program would have been like mm -hmm. right yeah for sure um, I also do see though, like, you know, you, you've had to, you've had to leave home to essentially pursue your, your radio passions and everything like that. Uh, what city did you go to first? I moved to Prince George, <laughs> which is like when people, um, you know, who haven't traveled up North a lot like I like that's the I think that's the furthest I've been <laughs> it's when you look at a map it's actually um like in right in the middle of BC it's not even <laughs> like north north right you can go even yeah. more north <laughs> where it's even colder <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. but yeah Prince George was my first time moving away from home nice 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 yeah. and what was the station called then I worked at a station called the river <laughs> dope uh I think it was 1031, the river. I don't even remember the the numbers, but yeah, the river, it's still called the river now. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. yeah like, like I, I know since then you've moved back to Vancouver and like yeah. have done stints at like Sonic and also at JR right now too. Um, what were the major differences that you see now from say like working at radio at Prince George, as opposed to working back in Vancouver? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. 
Um, differences? Well, in terms of location, like Prince George is obviously a, a much smaller town than Vancouver <laughs> is, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't feel as much pressure to oh. perform, I think. And also... <laughs> pressure to perform things that sound dirty but aren't um but um because in vancouver like my all, most of my friends and my my family are here right so they can <laughs> easily listen to me they can just like yep. turn on the radio ease i mean you can listen to anyone online these days but in prince george like it was just me so i didn't really feel as much pressure because i was like oh like nobody knows who i am <laughs> like it doesn't really matter kind of thing yeah. like i still took my job seriously and i loved it but I think that pressure from people knowing me and um, listening to me on purpose wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Did you have any like small town moments when you were doing your stint at the river? Oh my goodness. Small town moments. Like doing the traffic and it's like just the one tractor that's blocking the, the one <laughs> highway. Oh, oh, we would have, uh, we would have a lot of lost pet type <laughs> ads like people calling in about yeah i mean sometimes we still get that now but it's <laughs> even more so over there like lost pets also like moose on the highway <laughs> here everywhere yeah because it's it's more up north right so there's wildlife everywhere and and we're right yeah. by the highway as well so there's a lot of people <laughs> it, there's a lot of traffic going in and out of town and there's always animals blocking the road and so that was definitely something different compared to here <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that does sound. I guess that that does take a while to get used to because I'm sure, like, just your social cir circle back up at Prince George, like, like, what can you do up there? Yeah, that is a great question. Oh. So, what you can do is stay warm inside for nine months out of the twelve months of the year, because uh, winter's winter's pretty it's much longer there and it's mm -hmm. it's colder obviously like the wind chill factor is insane like you would hear yep. on the news if um you don't have to go outside <laughs> then don't because and if you're not dressed properly if you need to go outside then you'll freeze to death oh which is not God. it's not an exaggeration so uh, and i mean i mean toronto gets pretty cold too though in yeah but but there people you know people still do things um <laughs> People still go yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can only imagine like if you're stuck inside the whole time, you can only only play Settlers of Catan like <laughs> however X many times and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wintertime was much more difficult. Um, I probably had seasonal affective disorder <laughs> when oh, I no. was there. Yeah. Um, just because you're not getting as much much sunlight, right? <laughs> and I, I am someone who loves the sunlight. Um, I love cycling. So as soon as the weather changed up there, I was out on my bike like every day until September. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. It was like wintertime again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. So I actually do have a question because um, I know Prince George. I went to Prince George once because uh, I spent a summer in the middle of BC as well. There is something you can do if you're from Prince George in the middle of BC. You could always go to Barkerville Historic. <gasps> I, I went yes. there. Parkerville yeah. Historic Town. Yeah. Now, the reason I bring this up is because one summer in 2011, uh, I worked at Parkerville Historic Town. Nice. What, what did you do there? So 
as you can, you know, they have a Chinatown at the end of. Uh, oh God! Yeah. So, yes. So clearly, I do know. So clearly, with my obviously facial skills, um, I was able to <laughs> lock down a a Chinese school teacher. Funny enough, oh, like you, God. you left uh, the teaching profession to go do radio, and I <laughs> went to do a fake to be a fake teacher. Yeah. Totally. So, so I did that for a summer, like the first year of a uh, first summer break in, in college for me so uh yeah i do remember that and and from what i hear it was the disneyland of northern bc <laughs> is that what they called it i didn't even know that i think i think it was more so just like almost like a local kind of jest type of thing because it was yeah it literally is nothing else to do and that's There's like one of the things to. where it's like yeah. kind, of a, kind of an experience yeah so the, and so it's not went, nearly as big as disneyland not nearly no. as big <laughs> No, 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 it wasn't. Chinatown in and of itself was like a few houses, but like. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. Well, it's good a, for you. Yeah, it's a gold mining town, right? Yep. Yep, yeah. that's yeah. what they, yep, yep. And there was a lot of like, you can pan for gold. Like the kids would go there and pan nice. for gold type of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they would, have, uh, they would have me teach them abacus and some Chinese characters. That's, that's big. That was actually to this day is one of the best jobs I ever had because most of the time I Aww. just sat I just sat around in Chinatown playing Chinese checkers or Chinese chess <laughs> <laughs> with the other Asian. Yeah, because there were two of us. Because there <laughs> had to be two of us. Because it wouldn't be a town if it was just one. It would just be sad. Yes, that's true. But they had to have two of us, and we yeah. just sat there playing uh, Chinese chess, and we waved at people. And <laughs> But I was paying. I was oh, getting man. paid good to just sit there and and you know look pretty. So, give a look, costume. Be Asian. Just be yourself, right? Oh, I had mm -hmm. a costume. I had a I had a I had a serious getup with a hat and everything. I got I I got to practice my old uh, old Asian dad walk. So that was great. Nice. Oh, hands behind the back. Yes. Nice. Yes. Did you squat? Yeah. Like, did you do do like squats? Sit down on your on your two feet without. Well, touching your bum to the ground my my, my <laughs> little like uh my little like mock type of get up yeah i don't think it would have uh, it would have just gotten super dirty mm. but i was i wasn't able to do that but um yeah no so like yeah that's that's a uh, something did 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 you ever do that kind of do you know if they advertised in prince george about that kind of stuff maybe through radio i think they did actually i'm pretty sure they did they must because have. I, I yeah i wouldn't have known about it otherwise <laughs> i actually i i think i remember seeing maybe some local commercials about it too because mm. we our our radio station was also part of um uh like a the local tv station there so we would run commercials mm. and then sometimes i would see like all this lo the local stuff pop up right yeah so, so yeah i i guess with like a small size of prince george and it's much more of a small local town type of community yeah. like yeah I assume radio must have been like a big part of the the everyday life there. Yeah, point. because there wasn't also there wasn't um, there weren't a lot of other stations there. So there, there wasn't a lot of competition like there was us, which we played like adult top 40 hits, like a mix of pop and the older stuff. And then our sister station down the hall in the, in the same building was a classic rock station. And then we had a modern ish rock station down literally like two steps down the street. Hmm. Um, and then they had, I think they had another sister station. So it was like four stations. It's really, really small. And then like CBC, but CBC is like everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, but local stations, it was really, really small. So yeah. 
Yeah. Is that is that kind of like what you would imagine the progression would be if you wanted to work in radio? Like you you have to go to smaller local markets, kind of gain some experience there and then try to tackle some bigger markets, see if you can relocate and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. That's that's mm. totally uh, exactly what we were told in radio school. So our teachers would tell us constantly that, um, especially with with on air talent, if you want to get a full time job um, and, you know, succeed in whatever day part mornings, afternoons, whatever middays, evenings, mm-hmm. you want to get a full time Monday to Friday, like on air job at a station in a bigger city like Vancouver, for example, um, Calgary, Toronto, obviously um, Ottawa, you have to pay your dues. You have mm-hmm. to move away to butt fuck nowhere and put in your time, do all the jobs, do like 10 jobs, do whatever you can say yes to everything, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with now say yes to everything and be a yes person. Yeah. And, um, you got to put in your time. So they, they told us that a lot mm-hmm. and just to drill that in there. And I mean, it's true. I, I really don't believe that if I hadn't moved away and, and gotten that experience and, and, you know, see, see, seeing how, how a, a smaller station ran and in a, in a local community that really uh, appreciated local radio in that way, mm-hmm. um, then I don't think I would have, would have gotten, you know, my jobs in Victoria and then eventually back here in Vancouver. Yeah. So I, I do think that of course there was, there were positives about it, um, mm-hmm. about moving away and gaining experience, but yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. something that they told us that, that we had to be prepared to do if we wanted to get an on-air position. Right. 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 So th- you, you touched upon that though, too. Um, the topic of like leaving home has always been some of that kind of al- always resonated with me because, you know, I've, mo- I've moved to Hong Kong, I've moving to Toronto and everything like that. Uh, you know, sometimes moving away can do one of two things. It can really like cement your love for the industry that you want to pursue, or it could mm-hmm. totally break down the person. Um, moving away to Prince George, where did that uh, land for you in those two extremes? Yeah, so um, I feel like I was on both ends at, at some points. Like I would mm-hmm. I would kind of, you know, go, go either direction sometimes. <laughs> um, but I think I lean more towards like, I'm going to push through and this is like, this is it for me. And because yeah. I was working, um, the position that I got in Prince George was um evening uh, no not, not evening sorry weekends so mm-hmm. i had saturday sundays and then i filled in on holidays and also i did part-time production so i was putting together commercials and promotions and stuff mm-hmm. um and i filled in for on-air vacation time when people other the full-time employees were away yeah so um i i get i guess i got a taste of a little bit of everything but in that time while i was uh, working my job in Prince George, I was also continuously and consistently looking for on-air jobs at mm. the same time, like mm-hmm. full-time on-air jobs, not on-air and split with like production and, and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I And I, I must have applied to, I don't know, 50 plus jobs when I was there for the year. Yeah. And I just, I was like reworking my resume and my cover letter um, and 
working on my demo. Like I was getting audio all the time from work <laughs> and I was just, just like, how can I get better? How can I make my audio better? Yeah. Um, and I was sending them everywhere. I, I hadn't sent any to the States at that point, but within Canada, like all across Canada, like <laughs> Halifax, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, I skipped over like Saskatchewan and Alberta, but I, <laughs> I like the bigger, the bigger cities. And of course, yeah. anywhere in BC and Vancouver, anywhere I can move closer to home to mm-hmm. Vancouver, which is where I wanted to end up. Yeah. Eventually. Oh, that's awesome. So it still gave you that drive. Although you might not particularly want to stay in the city that you were in, it still gave you a drive to still stay in the industry and be in a mm-hmm. bigger market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was also wondering too, uh, yes. So what advice would you give to anyone who wishes to move away for any industry that they want to go into? You know, moving away, um, can be really challenging. Um, and I think from my experiences moving away for, you know, to work in an industry that I really wanted to work in and I was really passionate about was, Mm -hmm. was awesome. And I knew, even though I, I had that fear in me with moving away because like you and I grew up in the church and some of our friends didn't move away. Right. And mm-hmm. they stayed here all of their lives. And, yep. um, which is totally fine. That's just, it's just how their journeys have played out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think moving away for me was scary, but I pushed that fear aside knowing that, it would be a good experience for me and it would mm-hmm. um, allow me to grow up a little bit and not depend on my parents so much. And I was cooking for myself and cleaning for myself and like, yeah. you know, just figuring out how to be an adult in my early twenties, I think I like my mid twenties. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it was, it was a chance for me to learn about stuff that I probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. if I didn't, move away from home and um yeah I just I I felt like there was a little bit of fear in me and I was nervous and I did get really homesick actually um I think three or four months into my job and then I was like crying all the time (laughs) and then when my parents would call would check up me I'd be like I'd, I'd be like yeah okay everything's good like I'm you know I'm learning a lot and I'm working lots and working really hard and then as soon as I would hang up the phone I'd be like just crying because <laughs> I really missed home and um yeah because I'd never been away from home before that was like the first real time where I've actually mm-hmm. been away away from like and my close friends as well yeah. <laughs> um yeah oh my god so so how did you find a way to dig deep was it just merely distractions from work that got you there? Um, so I did focus a lot on work and I I loved the people I worked with. I think mm-hmm. work environment always is is something that plays into how enjoyable your job is, right? Whether or not whether you're gonna be there long term or short term. Mm-hmm. Um so that that's one thing that I that I really appreciated. And um I also made sure to get outdoors since I wasn't Prince George, right. Mm-hmm. And do some exploring. Um, but also I was, I felt really fortunate um, when I moved there because I moved there knowing that two of my radio school friends 
already got jobs up there as oh, well. Nice. And so mm-hmm. I just I just felt so lucky that they were there because I, I don't think I actually would have applied for a job there and moved there if my two friends weren't there. Mm-hmm. Like I would have been like, no, I'm not going to Prince yeah. George. But because mm-hmm. one of them got a job working in promotions mm-hmm. um, full time and then our other buddy was working at the competition station down the street. I was like, oh, sweet. Like, at <laughs> least I have some company and can hang out with them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were we were really tired. Radio class was really tight. <laughs> uh, there were like 40 of us and we, we, we were together for two years straight. So, um, yeah, I had them, which was really great. But also, when I think about it, Prince George isn't that far far from Vancouver so okay. I actually did make the drive twice to and Damn. from um yeah on my own which I loved because I really love driving mm-hmm. um yeah I made the trip twice to and from um on the weekdays that I wasn't working mm-hmm. so I would leave early on Monday morning and then have half a day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, full days, leave on Friday morning, yeah. get there by like Friday night and then work for Saturday, Sunday. And the, that, those were the those were the two times that I, I looked forward to as well. So right. I knew that even though I was working in Prince George and, and, you know, doing all these shifts and working three or four weeks in a row with no breaks and no days off, <laughs> that I would be able to look forward to um, going home, even if it was just for three full days, yeah, <laughs> I would at least yeah. get to see my parents and see my friends. And yeah. Like what you were just saying before, um, you were doing all the major holidays and you were doing the weekends and basically any day that the full-timers were not yes. there, like you were putting yes. in the dues because, uh, you know, no one wants everything. those shifts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and I get it. The full-time um, employees, full-time on-air staff, they need breaks too. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I like, in my contract, like I don't get vacation days. It's not a thing Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for part-time workers and we get no benefits. So um, I was working, yeah, every shift, but it was also because I was new in radio and I felt like I had to work all mm-hmm. this shit. and I had to work 28 days in a row with no days off in between. Yeah, it was ridiculous what the <laughs> hell so I, I there was actually one point where um my boss came to me and said you know we'll have to you know get you to work these days and and you know for this whole month and whatever and plus your weekend shifts and i was mm-hmm. like is that legal so yeah. i remember yeah i remember going through the exact hours and the days and looking at my calendar and then get like um adding up the hours and it actually was legal because they weren't full work days. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, that's how they would get around it. And, <laughs> but doesn't matter. Like you're working 28 full straight days on air. Do you know how loopy you get after, yeah. after like, after even seven days of working on air, like your, your brain is gone. Like you're <laughs> so tired. Yeah. 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 I, I can only imagine like, cause there comes a routine, you know, in a day that I'm sure when you, when you have a show on, but like you lose track of what day it is anymore. Yes. The, the song is all kind of meld on together and everything like that too. Um, yeah. I'm sure your co-host is probably just as loopy too. Um, well, I never had a co-host oh, when I was working. Solo. I did. Well, I did. If I filled in for the morning show, <laughs> I did have a co-host where I would do the news and, um, 
I would piggyback a lot on what the, what my co-host would, how he would prepare the morning show. Cause, cause he, he was doing mornings. He'd been doing mornings forever. Right. And I mm-hmm. was filling in, so I didn't really know the routine for mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of nice in that way, but the other, the other shifts would just be me solo. Wow. I mean, yeah. like at a certain point, other than like filling in what you got to say, you got to like talk to yourself while also not talking to yourself. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, and I mean, now I've, I'm so used to it, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't have a co-host now. I did a few years ago when I was working in Victoria, but um, yeah, now it's just like second nature to me, but doing a show on my own actually was how I started out. So I was used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was after working with someone for a couple of years in a row, ha- then having to go back to working by yourself again, it's like, yeah, you're right, Josh. It's like learning how to talk to yourself, but not because you want to seem personable and connect with whoever's listening, right? Because you don't know yeah. who's listening. So you don't want to sound like you're just entertaining yourself. It's really for the listeners that you're serving for this on the station. <laughs> yeah, because like I imagine it, it is such it can be a, such a foreign experience to be like I and I think probably newscasters similarly as well. It's like to, it's just awkward to talk to a camera or just talk to a microphone. You like you don't see anybody like how do you make that a personable type of experience? But I, mm-hmm. I would imagine like there comes to a certain point like you, you have to have the passion for the work, for the actual experience of doing it. Um, and like, not only just hearing you like saying that you, you left your entire life behind to go to Prince George, but I'm wondering for you, like, what is that thing? What is that passionate element of doing radio that that got caught your attention and then like told you that you real this was something you wanted to do? Yeah, um, I think it was a combination of things. I felt like at one, um, I. I've always really loved music and enjoyed music a lot, playing, writing, performing. Um, and, and, and music is something that's universal, right? That's something that you can connect with, with anybody in the world, right? There's music everywhere. Right. So I think um, music was one. Um, and then as I went through radio school and then I worked, you know, my first job in Prince George, I was able to connect with listeners. And I think um, even now, like I think about my job now, um, that's the thing that I love the most. Um, There have been really critical listeners who have said some shitty things and that's normal. You know, you can't please everybody, right? Mm. Um, And there are always going to be people who don't like you or don't like the sound of your voice or don't Mm. like your laugh. I've been told that. Um, a lot. Some people don't like my laugh, which again is totally fine. Um, And they don't like the stuff that you talk about on air. But then there are people who are so appreciative of, you know, you being there on the weekend or you filling in for one of their favorite hosts, but they still love you because you're keeping the music going and you're taking their requests um, and you're having fun conversations with them. Um, And yeah, that's something that I think makes me um, want to stay in radio is the listeners. Nice. Um, I mean, I, I, I still have my, my own company, which I'm completely doing. It's like totally different from radio and doing grief coaching, right? On the side mm-hmm. for my own business. But 
the reason why I'm, I'm staying in radio is, is absolutely for the listeners because they nice. get so much joy. Um, and the amount of awesome things and awesome listeners compared to the not so awesome, um, uh, criticisms and, mm -hmm. and comments that we've got that I've gotten personally, the, the good outweighs the bad. And mm -hmm. yeah, they've, I, I've just had so many amazing listeners at all the stations I've worked at and yeah. it just, yeah, it just makes me feel so appreciated and valued as well, which I think is, is really important in a job. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely the listeners. Yeah. There is something to be said about like, of course, um, you know, in radio, it's like you're, you're, uh, you're front of the mic in, in acting. It's like you're front of the camera, but like you, Vanessa, you're literally putting yourself out there as that person. You're not like working behind the scenes. So there takes yeah. a certain amount of like toughness that I'm commending onto you to keep on going just because you can't listen to all that other noise. You got to believe in yourself. And I find that so yeah. empowering. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think, um, through my journey of being in radio for like 10 plus years, you know, mm -hmm. I've, I've learned along the way, like I wasn't always like, um, you know, as resilient as I was before and, you know, taking the crap that people would say, like it would mm. really affect me. Oh, right. It's like, yeah. it's like, you know, when I, when I first, you know, dabbled in, in acting in 2019, they're like, yeah, you're going to get rejected for a bunch of auditions that you go to, right? Like you must know, right? Like, <laughs> And like, Josh, people are going to reject your comedy. You know, like not everybody is going to love, you know, what, what you're presenting on stage. Right. And you're yeah. writing and your jokes and um, your personal stories and you that you're sharing on stage or like uh, Lucas, you that you're sharing in this particular part. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's knowing how to deal with that rejection and criticism as well and not taking it personally. Yeah. Like, I think like a hundred, like I would say a hundred percent of the time, 99% of the time, it's not personal. Right? Yeah. It's, it's something on, you know, their end that they've been triggered by, or maybe it just wasn't the right fit for you for a part, or, mm -hmm. um, it wasn't the right show for you to be a part of, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I've really learned along the way, you know, how not to take things personally and criticism pers personally. Uh I love that just because it leads in perfectly. Like you have your own, can I call it a podcast? Like you put out those audio, uh, audio shows that you put up. Yeah. Yeah. It is a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, so yeah. Uh, your podcast deals with topic of like negative self-talk criticizing oneself and my favorite as an actor rejection, because <laughs> yeah. we, we, we feel it all I the know. time. I know. Um, so yeah, just first off, like what spurred you to want to do a podcast? And, and secondly, like why those topics, especially? Yeah. So I, um, really didn't know what direction I wanted to take my podcast in. Um, and I still feel so new at it because I, I started only in September. Hmm. So, um, but the reason why I wanted to get into mindset and emotional health and all that stuff is because that's the stuff that I'm always dealing with. And mm -hmm. I think um, I've learned that everybody, everybody struggles with shit like that. Even yeah. if they don't talk about it, everybody struggles with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I, we're all Asian here in this room. So mm -hmm. I think we know and we can um, we've observed that 
mental health and emotional health and mindset wasn't really talked about or hasn't been, you know, in the past mm-hmm. is not really something that was talked about a lot. So um, that was also a way for me to sort of break the stigma a little bit, even though it's, it's talked about way more now, which is awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, those topics are something that I'm always working on. And I hope that, you know, in my messaging and my content in, you know, negative self-talk and how to deal with criticism and your inner critic and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the awful things that we say to ourselves sometimes, I hope yeah. that sharing, you know, how to work around that and how to overcome that and how to get unstuck <laughs> from that mindset is possible. And I hope that what I share helps other people Yeah, and um, they're able to get unstuck as mm-hmm. well while I'm going through this process and this journey. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I, I was listening to one of your, I'm not sure if it was earlier on or later on, but the one about negative self-talk, I found that one just really empowering because it's something that I'm working on too, which, which leads into like being overly critical of oneself and everything. Yeah. So it's, thanks for bringing that topic up. Yeah. yeah. I just, I just feel like, again, every, everybody probably does it and they don't talk about it. Right. And it's, mm-hmm. um, I think I wasn't as aware that I was doing that. And you, you really, when you take a step back and you observe, it really affects everything oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. It affects mm-hmm. everything, the way you relate to people and your, how you communicate with people, your relationships and what you're, how you're showing up to your job. And it, it, it just, it, it has no good in your life, right? Negative self-talk does not help you in any way. <laughs> and it doesn't get you further in life, yeah, 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 right? It stops you from, from, you know, doing what you really want to do and, and being mm-hmm. passionate about those things. <laughs> yeah. That, that is something where I imagine like, not only is it there, but for everybody who has to go through their daily, daily lives, you got to manage it somehow in order to like still function, do your job. Yes. And I would imagine, you know, being a radio host, having to like have that personality right up front when you're on the air and, and try to maintain it, even on bad days, like what kind of advice would you give, you know, especially in that such a vulnerable position to be like, you know, you still got to go to work. You may not, you may feel shitty today, but you still mm-hmm. got to sound like, you know, you're, you're giving the audience a good experience. So like, yeah. what, what would you recommend for those type of moments? So when you're actually in the moment, yeah. um, and you, you gotta be like, I gotta be happy, but you gotta be I'm on it. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm really good at that. <laughs> I'm really good at <laughs> pretending. <laughs> Which is why I got into the, into acting and voice acting in the first place. I'm really good at pretending. Um, no, I, I, I just feel I, but in a way I do feel like I'm, I'm good at masking that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it takes practice, but I, for sure, I would say, which, which I mentioned before is not taking it personally. Right. And um, in the moments where I actually just got a call yesterday from a listener who was very upset with mm-hmm. me and oh. was really calling me some really negative things and um in that then that moment on the phone we weren't live like I was off the air but I he was like do you are you live right now like do you even know what I'm talking about like how come you don't know what I'm talking about and I was 
trying so hard to be patient. So in that moment, I just, I took a breath and I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to try and help him. Like he's frustrated and he sounds, he sounds obviously really irritated, but I'm not going to internalize that and think that he's irritated at me. Like he's Mm -hmm. trying to, he's asking me some questions. He's trying to figure something out, you know, that has something to do with our station or whatever the music we're playing. Um, And I just kept reminding myself to just breathe and not take what he was saying personally, personally, because he doesn't (laughs) know me personally. Right. So um, all of the insults and the comments he was saying to me, I was just like, I, I just got to brush it off. Like I can't, um, I don't want to invite those kind of comments to me. And I don't want those comments to stick to me like Velcro. Right. I don't want to carry those things around with me because they don't serve me. So um, yesterday, yeah, in, in that moment, I just kept reminding myself that he is not directing his anger and frustration at me, <laughs> but, and, and then I just tried to help him as best as I could. He, I mean, he hung up on me <laughs> really angrily. Wow. And I, I mean, there is, there is, I helped him as much as I could. And then, and that was it. <laughs> I gave <laughs> it my all and that's all I could yeah. do. That's nuts that you were trying to help a person that's like just being so toxic to you. That's gross. But props to you, though. <laughs> it's happened a lot. Oh, hap- yeah. And I've, and I've learned how to deal with it. And again, it's like not not taking it personally. Right. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if we if we went through life taking things personally, do you know where we would be <laughs> like, like Josh, like you probably wouldn't be pursuing comedy right like if you took things personally all the time yeah i mean like comedy in and of itself like you i think in the end comedy so many people take comedy personally even though yeah in its fundamental art form it's just telling jokes and a lot of the time the jokes aren't supposed to be taken as like serious thoughts because then they won't necessarily be jokes you know yeah and and the venue totally and the um, the context is so important as well when when telling the jokes that that medium unfortunately though it just gets lost because as a viewer or as a listener like you can't help you know was it analyze or take in new information and then just have an opinion about it and it's hard to separate um, between what the performer is saying versus you know what what their personality is on stage versus who they actually are off stage mm-hmm. it's it's that kind of stagecraft or, or stage element that can blur the lines of of whether an audience thinks they know you or like should take you seriously and and i imagine you know radio is something that can be very personal to to listeners in my experience i think the times that i've listened to radio the most often has been kind of job related like if i was if i was um delivering pizza it would always be around the same times at night and like i'd have yeah. the radio on because what else are you going to do driving yeah and like you listen to the same stations you'd listen to the same kind of uh djs on there and like over time you you can develop kind of this weird personal relationship with Mm -hmm. uh with a voice over the state over the totally over the radio i guess i'm wondering from as somebody from that's from the other side though you know how much of your person personality like your actual say personal being are you willing to put out there and like how much do you have to like you know keep for yourself create a bit of stagecraft and make sure like you still have, it's just like a bit of just a 
radio personality. It's not necessarily fully yours. Like what's that balance do you, do you yeah. find? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great question question because that's something that I definitely struggled with when I first got into radio because I was really um, concerned and scared about like how much of me do I put mm. on air? And yeah, totally what you just said about finding the balance. Right. Um, and I, when I think back to the on air talent that I listened to when I was growing up, mm -hmm. um, who I really admired and who I felt like I, I had that personal connection with, cause you'd listen to them every day. Right. Um, and it was like, they were speaking directly to you. So, I was like, oh, I don't, am I, can I do that? Like, can I find that balance? And I think when I started out, I was still me. Um, but because I was trying to figure out how my on-air personality would be compared to me, hmm. um, I wasn't that comfortable sharing you know, every part of my personal life, which I know is not a necessity. Like you don't have to when you're on, on your talent, but, and I've learned over the years, being vulnerable is how people connect with you. <laughs> um, but I think when I first started out in radio, I definitely wasn't as vulnerable because I was still scared and worried about what people think would, would what people would think about me, um, which I've learned along the way to s release that because- <laughs> It, it, again, it, it doesn't help you in any way, always worrying about what other people think. Um, but now I don't really care as much. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I, I would say at this point in my life, in my business and in my radio career, I'm the most genuine and honest and vulnerable that I've ever been. So when I approach my um, radio shifts in that same way. Like I can't, um, talk about whatever I want. Like I do my podcasts, right? Like I obviously can't swear on air or else I get, we, our station would get in trouble and fines and stuff. Yeah. But, um, I, I'm, I'm still genuinely me and I'm enthusiastic about what I'm presenting and the content I'm bringing to our <laughs> listeners. Um, and I, yeah, I, I all around and in, in what I'm doing, right now I just feel um the most genuinely me nice and that's yeah that's the way to be um I, I did want to end off with this just this more of a I guess a fun question um you're into voice acting right now is there any childhood animated shows or movies that you take inspiration from oh that's a good question okay shows Animated shows or movies that I take inspiration from. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that one caught me off guard. I, I mean, I'm thinking of shows that I watched when I was younger. I don't know if I... Oh, I know. I mean, I would still watch this now as a... 30 something year old adult. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I would take inspiration from it. I guess so. Cause I think it's a really great educational show, but I love Arthur. Oh, oh. the aardvark. Oh yeah, man. 
Arthur's OG. I love yeah. Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. like, <laughs> and their um, theme song obviously is really great. Can I say? Yeah. Ar- Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just feel like their messaging is always great. And then they've evolved too to be inclusive with mm. like, you know, how, how, you know, society is, is, you know, with just how we are at, at in our culture right now, which I really appreciate how they've been inclusive of that. And, mm-hmm. um, oh, obviously Magic School Bus. Oh, classic. Like there's an energy in that show that I get from Miss Frizzle when I, when I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the, the concepts are great. Like yeah. who doesn't want to learn about how electricity is made or how rain is formed? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just imagine like being in the booth while doing the voice for yeah. for Miss Frizzle. Like that energy you had to really bring up. Absolutely, yeah. Shout out to Lily Tomlin. Like she is, yeah. Right. She's an amazing actor and voice actor. And um, it, I, I always, I always have to know who the voice actor is when I, when I watch a cartoon or even Mm. if I see like an animated, like commercial on TV and I recognize a little bit of it or the tonality, I'm like, Oh my God, who's that? So I have to know. Yeah. I'm (laughs) like really anal about that. And I like, I'm always searching up voice actors online, but man, there are just so many, but yeah. Yeah. How did you, uh, how, how do you feel about uh, Ash Ketchum and uh, Bart Simpson being voiced, you know, opposite gender? I think it's awesome. Right? I think it's super awesome. Yeah. Like I I was actually just watching like a clip of um Nancy Cartwright. I think she has um um she has a master class. I does. think. She yeah. Does. I took yeah, a look at I, that. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. It looks so much fun. It looks like so much fun. Um and she oh, she's been doing parts voice for so long, right? <laughs> it, it's just, so yeah. long and it like never changes it still sounds it's totally the same it always it did always blew my mind it well it blew my mind when i found out about it because it's like yeah. i didn't think that would i didn't i don't know why i didn't think it was possible but it's very clearly possible like the boy, yeah. voice like it can change you know with a certain amount of manipulation of course yes um and i'm just like i wonder is like is is that something where you know, that kind of range, that ability to play is like, that's, that's also an avenue that like piqued your interests that that's also something you wanted to pursue outside of, uh, you know, just a radio uh, type of career. Yeah. So, um, some of the auditions that I get from my agent now are for, um, like boys age seven or you know like Hmm. the really like really broad and then she she's always like I think you could give it a try and then I'm always like kind of cautious like I don't don't, what are you sure (laughs) but it's like you you have to play around with it right like if you're not exploring um the range and if you're not exploring your voice like you don't really know what's possible right (laughs) so it's just like making up voices to myself like when I'm at home by myself in my apartment and just, nice. you know, go at high range and low range or raspy and, it, but making sure I'm not hurting my <laughs> vocal cords at the same time. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I want to continue um, looking into. Cause it's just so fun. Like you're <laughs> able to create characters from your voice. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 And the malleability that you have, once you like start building up more voices, it sounds yeah. like it's really versatile then. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. Right. And then you get, you get that and you put that on your, on your demos and it, it just showcases like how much stuff that you can do and that you love doing as well. Cause I'm sure it's going to sound really fun when you're making up voices on the spot. What, what is your range of, of, I guess, ages? So, so you said like seven-year-old boy, does it go up to like 40 year old? So I don't, I don't know if I've ever um, specified a, a voice range. Hmm. Like I've specified like on camera, <laughs> like yeah. no problem, but yeah, voice range is a little bit trickier. I think uh, I, I did try out for a couple of things that where they were looking for baby voices. And I was like, oh, man, oh, <laughs> wow. I don't know if I could do baby voices. Yeah. <laughs> like that. What? Like I, like cartoon baby voices and like mumble jumble, like not even saying words. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really interesting. Um, I, I don't. And I, I've never gotten those parts. So I, and I've gotten, never gotten feedback. Mm-hmm. So I don't know really what works or not. And I don't want to say that because you didn't get an audition or you didn't get the part. That means it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they were just looking for a completely different tone or sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the thing that's hard about auditions, right? Like sometimes yeah. you don't, a lot of the times you don't get notes. <laughs> So you're yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm guessing it's all self-tapes too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I recorded my closet with a blanket. Hey, it's great. It's great acoustics yeah. to like muffle yeah. everything else out. Yeah. yeah. Where That's sound doesn't do. doesn't bounce. <laughs> you do that too, Josh, right? I unfortunately I I because everything you see on screen right now is all my room and all I have access to is like I have very little little to access to but yeah I do hear like the best places to to record is you know walled off you got a recording blanket or something to uh dampen the sound um and like I imagine during the pandemic that's just how like you needed to do any voiceovers and and that's just the way way to go moving forward um I mean like I guess from from where I'm at is like I don't Lucas and I have kind of talked a little bit about is like if I would might might dabble into a voiceover or like kind of voice acting but I mean I do I'm very very uh cognitive of the fact that I have a very set monotone like a very set vocal range Mm -hmm. like is there even is it is that even like a niche enough you know need for that in the industry or is it obviously like it feels like you have to have more range to get more opportunities and stuff like that you would totally fail yeah (laughs) i'm trying to i'm trying to not take that personally um it's just you know i only have one voice i literally only have one voice um have you tried exploring voices before though josh like your range it just ends up getting deeper and more monotone but i mean i feel like I feel like when I get like higher, it just it just loses some heft. It loses heft. Like yeah. uh, like I just feel like I can't turn that into an actual like like malleable type of like personality. I just feel like yeah yeah they're like kind of a middle monotone or just like lower. Or try to change up a bit of the accent maybe, but like what kind of um, voiceover projects? Like what would be your ultimate like yeah i think i could voice that like i think my voice would match that like, what would uh, ph- be your go-to pharmaceuticals yeah there is definitely a market for that 
totally i could totally do fine especially for drowsy medication that would be <laughs> that would work perfect now i feel that you're you're like you, you'd be making like parody pharmaceutical like commercial yeah <laughs> may yeah, cause yeah. drowsiness may cause may <laughs> cause drowsiness just other than my voice but the thing may yeah. you know but um if the medication yeah. doesn't work my voice will put you to sleep exactly exactly um but yeah i mean like i thought it would be like i've always said if it was like even if it was just comedic acting or like voiceover acting like i always i kind of have this idea in my head where like i can play a specific character but yeah. of course like you know it's also a very niche like small industry like the people who are actually like you know getting a lot of jobs often do the same jobs because they people know them people know they do good work um ha have you found have you found that that was something where it's like that's kind of tough to do to build up like a, a a portfolio in the voiceover industry? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's tough because there are millions of people out there who are doing the same thing mm -hmm. and anybody can just buy a mic and record in a closet, right? Like yeah. it, 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 you can, you can get the cheapest mic out there and you can still make it sound decent and send mm -hmm. it in for auditions. But um, I, I started out doing uh, like apart from voicing, you know, commercials and promotions and stuff for the radio stations I was working for. Um, I started out on like voiceover websites just to see what it would be like and, you know, get right. a handle on editing my own stuff and sending it in and, um, you know, seeing what kind of feedback I was getting, but it, again, like that's really competitive because there's so many people on there. <laughs> um, and I, I, I remember speaking with one of my friends who has, he's like had a, had like a decent number of, of voiceover jobs and, um, he's done some animation as well. He, even with his experience, um, and the amount of projects he's done and the, and the brands that he's voiced for. Um, he used to be like on the top of the roster for some of the local agencies and the, and the production companies if they were looking for a voice like in Vancouver. But because they have access to famous celebrities like Ryan Reynolds and yeah. – Etc. <laughs> they're gonna go for a Ryan Reynolds and a and a, and a, and a celebrity who, with a name with a big name, right? Yeah. So, it, in that way, I when he told me that, I was kind of discouraged. Mm. And, but it, it's just I still find so much joy, and it's fun, mm. right? And I um I know you have talked about this, Lucas, in in one of your other episodes about auditioning and just leaving it there you don't look at your script you don't look at your sides after it's done <laughs> you just leave everything behind that's how I kind of feel about voiceover work as well because you're just getting a bunch of auditions and then if you're just like if you if you take every single one you're like oh my god I hope I get it and you're just like going yeah. crazy over them like it just it 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 just wrecks your your mind right like it just <laughs> it just doesn't serve you in any, any way so I I I approach my voiceover voiceover auditions in the same way i just nice. i have a character in mind or a voice in mind of what i think this particular character or animal or baby or whatever would sound like um mm -hmm. and then i i 
just run with it and I leave it. I, I don't ever think like, no, oh, I hope I'm going to get it. Like sometimes I do, but um, obviously you, you want to get all the jobs that you audition for. You want to book them, right? <laughs> but that, that's, that's out of your control. So <laughs> on that note, let's, let's enough with this question. We'll go back to the very beginning of this whole show. Vanessa Chu, have you made it yet? <laughs> have you? I I feel like if I I have I feel like I'm um like this pressure to say no. Mm. I feel this pressure to say no because I am also battling with my inner critic again, mm. and the not enoughness right that has been going through my head a lot um you you guys just caught me at the tail end of a really tough last couple of weeks where i just wanted to give up and i was feeling really discouraged and tired and drained and i don't know what my purpose is and what the hell am i doing and i'm wasting time and i'm not working hard enough and i'm really slow like what like what am I what am I doing? I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I'm not gonna do it anymore. Um, but I feel like goals are always changing, yeah. right? And and if we're not always working towards something or pushing towards something, then um, life becomes stagnant and boring, mm-hmm. and you're not really learning anything not being pushed out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Which I totally am right now <laughs> mm-hmm. with all the things that I'm doing, but I I keep in mind that those those are always it's always a good thing to be pushed out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Right? Um so um no, I haven't made it yet, but I also feel like everybody's definition of made it mm-hmm. is different. Yep. Um and I'm not going to reach a state of perfection because perfection doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say I made it to my mid thirties and I turned out fine. And I'm grateful for all the opportunities that, that have come my way. That's it. <laughs> there we are. Seriously, though, and and really from the bottom of our hearts, though, like we really believe in you. So keep pushing. We know it's hard. Like this is why we made this podcast. So keep mm-hmm. pushing. You got this. Well, I believe in you both as well. I am loving the um, content that you guys are pushing out on your podcast. And I love the um, the topics that you're talking about. And just with, with creative people, like minded people who are creating and try to entertain and perform mm-hmm. um and in the last year and a bit which has been so weird yeah, yeah. um but i i know i i really appreciate it and i and i do want to say that i chuckled when lucas you asked me if i wanted to be a guest on your podcast because um i was listening to one of your episodes i think it was one from this year and you guys were catching up at the beginning mm-hmm. of the show and I think Josh, you had asked Lucas how he was doing and, and he was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to find, you know, keep finding guests and one day we'll find, you know, I'll, I'll keep pushing and 
we're going to get bigger guests. Like you said, I, I want it. My goal is to get like bigger guests. And so when you asked me, I was like, man, I'm just like a filler. Like, are you sure you want me to your podcast? Like I'm nobody. <laughs> so oh I like my. totally chuckled when I, when I, when you asked me and when I heard that snippet in one of your shows. <laughs> Next um, week, it's going to be like a huge guest. You're going to get Tom Hanks, right? You're going to eventually get it. <laughs> Oh, oh, I, I don't know if we are ready to announce this, but we are very personal friends with Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. Did I say Tom <laughs> Hanks? I meant Tom Hank. I meant Tom Hank. He's, uh, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Different yeah. local different comedian. Guy, great yeah. Guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Confusing, confusing stage name, but uh, he's, he's yeah. working hard. He's working hard. Oh, come on. Give it up for Vanessa. Thank you so yes, much for coming so on. Much. Thanks awesome. for having me. Uh, Josh, do you want to do um, word association? Yes, let's go through the word association game we always play at the end of our uh, Have You Made It Yet podcast because, you know, we talk about some heavy stuff here. We talk about, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're talking about the grind. Let's loosen it up. Let's, let's empty our minds and just see what our minds tell us. Uh, so in this game, Lucas and I will have 10 words that we have uh, prepared and uh, Vanessa at the beginning, we just want you to empty your mind, go into some kind of Zen state. And uh, with each word we say, just say the first word that comes to your mind. It can be- This reminds me of improv. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're very improvised. In essence, almost very reflexive as well. It's just like, yes. you know, boom. It's like, what what are you thinking? What, what comes to mind? Um, but yeah, first idea, image, word, you know, feeling, sound, just uh, put that out there from, from what, we say and um i think yeah i'll start first and then lucas will go on uh, to his 10 words so okay vanessa your first word is child wait do i have to oh, okay. do i have to answer quickly is that um, the point of this i think the kind of quicker the the more kind of like you know interesting the the answer sometimes it can be okay but if okay. it is something where it's like you know you have that in your head and you're just trying to think of think of the word is like yeah take your time okay but, uh, we definitely want a little bit of that like you know mental you know who knows like oh if it if the answer surprises you even better okay and i didn't hear your first word so you can say it again okay perfect 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 all right first word childhood glasses ah, see see we're getting somewhere geeky glasses yeah yeah, we all we all had those. Um, <laughs> Lucas still has. Those, I know. If I you know. haven't noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Second word. Banana. Um, overripe. Hmm. Third word. Sun. Tan. Solitude. Peace. Goal. 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 Um, soccer post. <laughs> River. River Phoenix. Ah, that's nice. the second. That's the second time. Uh, that's that's been mentioned. Yeah. Really? He's still. Nice. He's still in it. He's still in yeah. the lexicon. All right. Next word. Circle. Um, eternal. Kumquat. 
unique. Hmm. Winning. Life. And your last word is finished. Number two. <laughs> well, you, you finished strong with those words. You finished strong. Great, great associated word. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I appreciate I appreciate that, especially as a, as a comedian. <laughs> awesome. Are you ready for the next one? Yep. All right, cool, cool. Okay. First word of 10. Funny. Me. Nice. Lethargic. Uh, sloth. Oh. Siblings. My brother. Classic. (laughs) Yeah, classic. Yeah. (laughs) The only sibling I have. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Drive. Uh, Well, I think of my car, but I also associate that word with where I'm at in life, if that makes sense. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Double meanings. That's all we're about right now. (laughs) Um, Favorite. Favorite. Uh, I, uh, broad. Oh, 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 okay. I thought he meant like, okay, yeah, like favorite girl, like broad. I thought that's what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ne- uh, next one. Uh, history. I don't know. Uh, the first word that came to mind was vast. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, history is vast. Yeah. Uh, next one, Prince George. <laughs> I did the image that popped in my head was Prince George, um, the child. Of, oh, of Kate, the, uh, the Kate child Bates. of yeah, Kate yeah. and what's his name again? <laughs> William. William. That's their William, kid's name, William. right? Yeah. Is that yeah, their yeah. kid's name? You know what? Their funny? first one. Yeah. I also thought of that too. It was like it wasn't like necessary. It wasn't just the city. It was like Prince George. It's like first thought it's like i thought it of the that kid, right it is yeah that, that kid yeah <laughs> right? yeah his name's nice. george right it is george, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah yeah um i and then well the second thing is obviously my my first radio job city of my first nice. radio job nice uh number seven of this moving boxes hmm struggle with myself oh wow i tend to make things harder than they need to be i think mm-hmm. keep on pushing vanessa you got this you got this <laughs> and the last word vanessa uh genuine there we are give it up for vanessa That was my chat with hosts Lucas Ng and Josh Yang on their podcast, Have We Made It Yet? It's where they talk with other artists, actors, and performers about their journey and creative process. I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview as much as I love doing it. I had such a blast. I wanted to thank them both for having me and follow and subscribe to their podcast for more awesome interviews with awesome people. If you wanted to watch the video of this interview, that link is in the show notes. And follow and subscribe to my show as well so you know when I drop a new episode. As promised, for next week, I'm going to share with you the blueprint that I created for myself that I follow to quiet my inner critic. 
If you want to reach out to me with any questions or comments, my email address is hello at vanessachu.com.